This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. All right, Jamie, it's James. Are you coming on pod? You were? Portugal? What are you doing over there? Right, sounds like Jamie's had a better offer, so you stuck with me, lads. I'm sorry. Hi guys, this is Chris Lyons. I'm Gerald Sabon. Marcus Hudgate. David Lucas. I'm Glenn Lovens. I'm Daniel Pidil. And I love listening to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Hello, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whatever time it is, wherever you are in the world. Uh, thanks for listening. Um, does waffle on as you uh, as you do. Uh, I hope these different kind of episodes uh, than normal, let's say, are keeping entertained. Uh, although, to be honest, I think it's more keeping your mind off what's going on off the pitch um, at the moment. Now, uh, today's episode is a bit of a trip down memory lane, uh, 30 years in, in fact, to when we last lifted a major trophy. We all know what that was, uh, the 1991 Rumbelows League Cup final uh, at Wembley. A 1-0 victory against a younger-looking Alex Ferguson's Manchester United in front of over 77,000 fans in the capital. Um, again, as we keep alluding to on the podcast, me and Jamie have no recollection of these good times, as so to speak, so it's no use just listening to us. Uh, although I have watched the whole game from start to finish today, so uh, although I didn't watch it full, it was just on in the background whilst <laughs> you know whilst they were, whilst they were working. Um, but that's why we're joined by uh, Simon and and John today, both fellow Wednesday nights who were actually there that day. Uh, they'll be able to share their experience of that momentous day in Wednesday's history, which surely must live in your mind rent free for the rest of your for the rest of your life. Uh, first of all, Simon, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. So, just do you want to tell everyone, so how long have you been supporting uh, Sheffield Wednesday for then? 77th first time I went. Shrewsbury at home, I think they lost 1-0. Me and my dad sat in the north stand. Christ, and, uh, and yeah, we're also also joined by John as well. So, John, wh- when did you first uh, first start going? Uh, 1983 for me, uh, although funnily enough, it was another another game against Shrewsbury, it was my first one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right, disappointing okay. one-one draw for me. That, uh, <laughs> set me up for a lifetime of it. 
Now, not only have we got uh, John and Simon, we're also joined by former player and manager and goalkeeper on that day, uh, Chris Turner. Chris, uh, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come to speak to us again. How are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, all good. Yeah, it's interesting to hear the guys when they first uh, saw Wednesday play. Mine was in 1963. Right, uh, okay. when, when, when my mum and dad took me to watch Wednesday play. And it's ironic that they both saw Shrewsbury Town. So you, didn't, you weren't Shrewsbury when you went. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, it's ironic though that we played Shrewsbury Town next season, and as well. So there'll be a lot of people probably seeing Wednesday for the first time next season. Yeah, that's uh, that's you know, true. The young ones, the young ones. I'm talking yeah. about. That's true, yeah. Now, for those that are listening that are perhaps too young to remember back to the early 90s, like my, like myself, uh, I'll just set the scene. So we were relegated uh, the, the year before after finishing 18th in what was then called the, the first division, uh, the Premier League as we as we now know it. Uh, obviously, just the, tw- just the 20 teams back in the first division back then. Ron Atkinson was the manager. He, he'd come in midway through the 88-89 season and, and stayed on as manager despite, obviously, that, uh, that relegation. Now, we kept most of the players from that side that got relegated, but we also signed a few too, didn't we? Notably, Danny Wilson from Luton, Paul Williams from Charlton, John Arks uh, from uh, the Albany Capitals in, in America. Uh, and then Trevor Francis came as well, didn't he? Uh, halfway through the season from, from QPR, um, all of which went on to play in that, in that cup final. And then we've also, you know, we had the likes of Roland Nielsen, Nigel Pearson, John Sheridan, David Hurst, went on to score over 32 goals that season and not not to mention of course Chris Turner in goal who we've got who we've got to, who we've got today now I'm just gonna that that season it, looking back we made an absolutely amazing start to that to that season didn't we um I mean Chris what what, what was the what was the atmosphere like in the team because obviously we got relegated so it must not, must have not been brilliant but to make that fantastic start I think it was 14 games unbeaten weren't it I think, I think uh, yeah, I, I mean, the names that you've just reeled off there were all quality players. They were young, uh, obviously, apart from Trevor. Um, they, they, they were young, they were athletic, they're ambitious, um, allied to the players that were already at Hillsborough. Uh, and, a, and, a, and a great team spirit was 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 forged. Um, and, you know, start of pre-season, Big Ron wanted... Um, uh, obviously, a immediate return to League One, um, a cup run, and he wanted the youth team to perform well and the reserves as well. So all the playing squad was sat down at Middlewood Road, and he just laid that off in a two-minute speech, and that was set for the uh, for the season. And the reserves won the Pontins League, which was a reserve league, which contained Liverpool, Everton, Man United, Man City. West Brom, Aston Villa, all the top clubs of the at the time, and the uh, youth team got to the final or semi-final of the youth cup, uh, and um, obviously the first team gained promotion and, and, and won the uh, the league cup. So football-wise, it was an unbelievable season. But having said that, we had a great squad of players, and obviously Kevin Pressman was there as well in his earlier part of his career, and we we, we, we Carlton Palmer. I mean, you just go on and on, and you're just thinking these boys, these players, all did played a major, a major role uh, in the club that season, and uh, for the next three or four seasons, where another two Wembley appearances were to come in European football. 
it was a great it was a great era. I'm sure the guys will say a great era to be watching Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, Simon. What I mean, what were your like recollection of the start of that season? I mean, did you have a season ticket uh, during that? I uh, did. Yeah, yeah. I only missed. Uh, I think it was five games all season. What home and away were that? Home and away in every every competition. Yeah, that year. Fantastic. Where, whereabouts yeah. were you sat then? Whereabouts did you have your season ticket? Oh, I only only ever went. Still, only go over Guant Cal. Don't go anywhere else. <laughs> Apart from obviously, like I said, the year I had the season ticket in the grandstand with the sun when he first started going because I just thought it was easier for him to to be able to see rather than from the back of the goal. So, uh, but yeah, uh, season ticket on the cop. Like I said, I mean, <clears throat> obviously my thing were the first game away at Ipswich. Um, I always remember game tips, which early does, and I always remember policemen saying, "God, lads, you're here, you're here early, aren't you?" And he goes, "Oh, there's only about two thousand come." And I think I, I think somebody said six six plus. Do you know what I mean? So that that just showed you what people thought that were going to happen that season, yeah. and uh, it, it 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 spiraled. You know, every yeah. every week. Wherever ever they played, they, they got the probably best backing I've ever seen of any season, any time. You yeah. know what I mean? It was just yeah. incredible. You know, like put even towards the end of the season, Port Vale, they just they just filled Port Vale. Do you know what I mean? It were it were crazy. It were absolutely yeah. crazy. I mean, I was looking average attendance at Hillsborough that season, twenty six and a half thousand. I mean, we hadn't we hadn't had that many since the 99-2000 season, like in, in recent in recent times. And, um, you know, obviously that last time we were in the in the Premier League, so we got some fantastic backing. I mean, I'm going to ask the same question to you, John, that I asked Chris. I mean, what, what, how did you feel? Obviously, you know, we got relegated. Did you feel like something good was going to happen that season? Did you, did you think we were going to go straight back up? When when I'd, uh, I'd realised that the squad had pretty much stayed together, yeah, I mean there were some top top quality players, and and in some ways I, I don't understand still how they went down the, the season before, and those names you reeled off again, David Hurst, John Sheridan, Roland Nielsen, Calderpol, those, those players shouldn't have been relegated from from Division One. And of course, I suppose the risk then is they all go off and sign for Division One teams because they were top quality top quality Division One players and internationals in in many cases. Uh, so whatever Ron Atkinson did to persuade them to to stay at Hillsborough, he did a, he did a fantastic job, uh, and and straight away they were they were on it. First few games of the season, I remember them them battering Hull five one at home with with Thirsty scoring four and probably should have had the fifth because it, it, it went in off uh, off him on on, on on its way through, but they absolutely battered them and and there were several occasions like that. Great great atmosphere in the crowd. And as you say, was it 14 games unbeaten at the start? Yeah, we were 14 um, games in all competitions. It included a, a few, I think, uh, the uh, the second round against okay. Brentford that were included in that as, as well. Yeah, I think the last... 4-2 to Millwall, I think, away, first defeat. And yeah. if I remember right, they were winning 2-0 as well. I don't know if Chris <laughs> can remember that. <laughs> I don't think I was playing in that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kept pressing and winning that for that one. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean the boys are there saying. I mean, you know, the the uh, there was no hint of anybody leaving Hillsborough when we got relegated. We shouldn't have gone down. We, we were we we we. we we're, nobody's too good to go down. Don't get me wrong. There's no way we should have gone down that season. Um, you know, also in pre-season, late Richie Barker. Um, played a bigger part um, on the training ground in the in this particular season as well. Um, made us a, a bit more compact as well as going forward. Set plays were 
were were, were dealt a bit more seriously, um, and and um, you know it, it obviously paid the dividends. Yeah, I mean, obviously going on to the going on to the cup uh, that that cup run that we had, we we made it quite. Hard for ourselves, for ourselves, didn't we? And uh, we had a couple of uh, a couple of replays, weren't they? One against uh, Swindon, and then a, an, another one against Derby. A, a rare a rare win at Pride Park, I see uh, in the uh, in in that replay. The thing is, though, if they hadn't had that replay, probably wouldn't have seen one of the best goals that Wednesday scored oh, over the last uh, yeah. thirty years. Do you know what I mean? Go on, John. John, do you want to explain? John Hawks just hit one from. Hmm, probably 35 yards, and it just whipped straight past Peter Shilton, straight in the top corner. He never mm. even got a sniff of it. And it was, and I was stood right behind Alex when, obviously not on the pitch, but, it, you know, we could, in his, in his firing line, and as soon as it left his boat, it went with anywhere else other than the top corner. It was it a great strike. King. Worthington. Wilson. Worthington switches it to Marks on the right. That's a good effort. Oh, what a tremendous goal by John Harks. His first ever in English football and one he'll remember for the rest of his days. 13 minutes to half-time and one of the goals of the season has given Sheffield Wednesday the lead. The American World Cup player came forward and just decided to have a crack. And what a crack it was. To beat Peter Shilton from that range, it's got to be some shot. It was. What did, what did you think to Hawks then, Simon, when he when he signed? Because obviously, there's not, many that, there's not many that come from America, is there? You know, they're not renowned for making fantastic footballers. Bit of an unknown. Bit of an unknown, you know. Um, you know, who's this lad they've signed from America? No, you know, we don't know him. But... To be honest, I think all the time he he played uh, for Owls, I, I don't ever think he let himself down or Sheffield Wednesday. I thought, I thought every every game he get hundred percent, and that, and to be honest, that that's all you can ask. You can't ask anything else, you know. But I also think you're one of the characters, you know. You, you people, you know, you've already mentioned, you know, some of the characters. But I mean, there's one what we're missing off there, uh, Phil King. There's another one that were a great character in that in in that squad, you know that. And there were togetherness that uh, that you could see every game that they, you know they enjoyed playing together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Would you say that were true, Chris? Oh, without doubt. Yeah. You know. You know. I mean, there wasn't uh, there wasn't really a quiet player in the squad. Really, um, all had their own characteristics. Um, all gelled together. Um, we had a great uh, trip to Italy at the pre-season. It's played a massive part in um, in 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 getting everybody ready for the season, getting everybody together after obviously the disappointment of the ending of of uh, of the finals uh, in Le- in League One. Um, but but no, I mean John, John Ox, uh, he 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 played the same in every game. He could run all day. He got great talent, uh, great enthusiasm. And uh, and uh, he, he he was a winner. And he wanted to win, like you know the American sportsmen generally are. And and um, it was a great character to have around. And not many clubs had an American player playing for him in those days. 
Now, obviously, just going to you know fast forward uh, a, a bit. Obviously, then we play, we go to play Chelsea, don't we? In the in the semi final, and and looking at looking at it, it looked like it would have a a one a one horse race. I mean, John, did you did you go to that semi final against uh, against Chelsea? I went, I went to I went to the home leg by by which time they're already two 0 up from the uh, from the away leg. Uh, so I don't know if Simon wants to if Simon went to the away leg, but we want to fill in on that first. Well, I mean, it's one of them, weren't it? You were playing another team from an I division, and it's a semi-final. It's not like playing one on a neutral ground. So you you're going to play Stamford Bridge as it was then. I mean, yeah, it looked a bit different then, didn't it? Oh God, not many, yeah. But again, the following was incredible, and I think Chris will probably tell you this. I think you know once the players came out the tunnel and they seen that following every week, I think that must have spurred them on. Do you know, because, it, you know, I think, if I remember rightly, I think at some point Ron said during the season, you know, the backing we get every week is like having a 12th man on the pitch. I'd, I'd put the home leg in the in the top five experiences I've ever, I've ever had. Really? Um, right at the back of the top, absolutely rammed. It was freezing, it was sleeting, mm. but it, it, it just seemed inevitable with the, with the kind of noise in the backing that Wednesday were going to win. And I don't think Chelsea were in were in with the shout. They, they really weren't. And um, and I think I think that twelfth man thing's very yeah, true. Yeah, that obviously booked his booked his place at at Wembley. And did I, I mean? I can remember Mr. Turner making making a couple of good saves at Stamford Bridge. If I remember right, I think one from Andy Townsend, the tip round post, just yeah. early in the second half that sort of you know, I think it was still nil. Oh no, it might, no, it was still nil nil. Then he turned that one round the post, and. Um, I think that sort of again spurred them on that all of a sudden after that we in ten minutes it was two 0 yeah. you know from that, from Chris making that save. I mean, I, uh, this question, Chris is obviously going to say, yeah, we we did, you know, of course we believe we could make it to the final, but did did you kind of think that we we're ever going to make it to the final? Was it a bit, was it a bit of a surreal experience, you know, like getting to the final of a of a <laughs> of a League Cup trophy? Well, I, you know, I think every player's dreams to play at Wembley. Um, there's only two occasions, unless you're in an international, um, is the FA Cup final and the League Cup final. Um, and when you've drawn, um, you know, we're beating Derby County away, we're beating Coventry away, we were a top segment at those days. Uh, and then we got Chelsea away first in the first leg. Didn't, didn't concede one goal in them three games, I must add, as no, well. No. Um, and, and, and um, you know, it was obviously going to be difficult, um, but... You know, we were set up how we normally play. Um, our first goal came from um, a well-worked free kick that in that season worked that many times. Um, it was untrue. And that was that like little short, short uh, free kick down the line, weren't it? And uh... it's just, um, I think it's Nigel Worthington goes down the outside of the left. John Sheridan looks as though he's whipping it in, drop, drops his shoulder, drops it to the left. Goes down the line, cuts it back one nil. It's and ironic. It's ironic you say that because in the uh, in the final, obviously I've been watching. I've been watching and listening to the commentary. The, the commentator says, "Look, this is what's going to happen," and it does, and he doesn't do it. Yeah. He actually, he actually, <laughs> he actually whips it in. But we'll obviously we'll come on, we'll yeah. come on to that a little bit, uh, a little bit later. But... In in them days, those days, I suppose uh, you know teams were monitored, but not as monitored as what they are today with data and everything else. But we caught Chelsea out with a goal and then in the second goal. And you know, they piled the pressure on, but we defended. We had a good side. We had we had characters, two centre backs in Nigel and Peter Shirkliff and 
uh, rolling at right back and, and, and Phil King or Nigel Worthington, whoever was uh, not attacking at the time, played left back and, and, and we had we had uh, we had resilience and, and uh, you know, winning two nil um, in the first leg um, relieved the pressure a bit at Hillsborough, but you know you're playing the top team and uh, anything can still happen in the tie and um, you know a big big crowd at Hillsborough, very noisy on the night and I think we went quickly to make it three nil. I think Chelsea came back to one one on the night, but then we stuck another couple of goals in and ran out easy winners in the end. And uh, that that was, you know, I've got to say that 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 night was as good as the day when we actually won the trophy because uh, you know it was a major achievement to get to the final and to beat a top club in Chelsea. First time in 25 years that we'd actually made it to to Wembley, and obviously now fast forward another 30, and we've still not uh, still not gone for a, for a cup final, have we? But uh, yeah, on that, John, did did could you quite believe it that that you were going to Wembley? In some ways, I mentioned there I started going in 1983, which is, which is probably one of the luckiest times to start being a to be a Wednesday night. Um, promoted that season uh, through the Howard Wilkinson era with FA Cup semi-finals. Uh, through Ron again, and so it was a fantastic team, even the one that was relegated, and then the team we put together in 1991. Uh, so yeah, in, in some ways, I kind of felt it was Wednesday's Wednesday's time, I suppose. Um, and I was 16, and and when you're 16, things um, don't seem as um, as difficult, perhaps as you do as you get as you get a little bit older. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose I suppose I could believe it, um, but still, still really, really enjoyed the experience. Go on to obviously the obviously the final. So we're playing we're playing Manchester United, obviously Sir Alex Sir Alex Ferguson. Obviously you've you'd you'd come from Manchester United, hadn't you, Chris? Just just uh, a couple a couple of seasons before. Um, were there any players in that in that side that we played that that you that were still there when you were? When, no, you were? all of them, all of them practically. Probably um, uh, maybe one or two that weren't there when I was there, but the majority of the team I played with in the three and a half years that I was there. Yeah, I'm just going to quick, quickly run through run through that team. So they were Les Seeley in goal. They were um, Dennis Irwin and Clayton Black Blackmore as the yeah. full-backs. Uh, Steve Bruce and Gary Pallister were, were the two centre-backs. Yeah. Then you had uh, Paul Inson, Brian Robson, captain uh, in central midfield. And then Neil Webb and then Lee Sharp, who was obviously hyped so much yeah. for that for that game, weren't they, on the, on the left-hand yeah. side, squaring up against... Um, uh, Roland Nielsen, uh, and yeah. then they had uh, Mark Hughes and uh, Brian McClare uh, yeah. up up front. So you look, you, know, you look at that side. Obviously, Man United were well, it's Man United. Well, they went it, on yeah. to beat Barcelona four days later. Yeah, so that win. same side. Yeah, same yeah. side. Right? Went and beat Barcelona four days later. They couldn't score. They couldn't score against us, and they couldn't beat us. And so it just showed you the achievement that the team did on the day. Before, um, before obviously we did this, I was just looking into it, and you, you went down to London what two two days before that, uh, that, that um, took, took you down, and uh, uh, is uh, it Wednesday? Wednesday? Uh, no, we played Newcastle Tuesday, which was a disaster. <laughs> but obviously, we had things, other things on our minds. 
use that as an excuse. Um, <laughs> but no, we we um, we um, went down on the. We got together on Wednesday morning and Ron said straight away, last night's game we don't speak about again. That's it. Finished on the bed. Now we're planning for Sunday, and um, we went on a bus down to Bisham Abbey and uh, stayed there the night, trained there. Then we went down to London Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Now, I want to talk about this training session in Hyde Park because it looks like something that I've never, see, never seen before. I mean, when he tells you, right, we're going to Hyde Park for, to do, you know, for training, what are you thinking? Are you thinking, has he lost the plot? Or... <laughs> well, no, I mean, we've done all the work before at Bisham Abbey in the, on the training pitch. So we, we knew exactly how we were going to play, who was going to be where and what. Um, as I told you, Richie Barker played played a big big part in the season. Um, we had a great fitness coach, one of the best I ever worked with uh, in Roger Spry, and we just went into Hyde Park and just did work with Roger um, to get us uh, in in into the mood for the game on the on the Sunday. Um, I mean, people were walking by, would have been wondering who were those, who were they, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I must say we we probably looked a lot better than what we did on Monday morning in Hyde Park walking around. Um, but no, I mean, it was a group, I mean, when you, when you analyse it, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a, a really old player in the team, and I'm not being disrespectful to Trevor, he was our oldest player. Everybody else in the team were all, were all under 30-ish, and, and um, you know, we, we were at we togetherness and we just had a laugh and a joke all the time. We were doing our utmost to try and get the players to have no fear. I mean, basically, in a, in a way, we go there in everybody else's eyes, but the people in South Yorkshire, we go down there as uh, underdogs. If we play as we can play, um, that will be good enough. Not many of the boys have been in this situation before. And what the last thing we want them doing is sort of getting too many hang-ups about the thing and start worrying. I mean, we've come down to enjoy the occasion, savour the occasion. Our main priority, of course, is to come down and win. But I don't want everybody sort of biting the nails for the next four days. Now, John, when when did you go down? Did you go down uh, on the day, or did you go down before and make a weekend of it? No, I went, I went down on the day. So I was I was sixteen, just just before doing my GCSEs. So uh, how long ago we're talking? Oh. We're talking now. And uh, I was living in Peniston, grew up in Peniston, about fifteen miles outside of Sheffield, and uh, and the Peniston Old Supporters Club got a got a minibus together, and we we all went down on the minibus on the uh, on the morning. It's funny how things stick in your mind. I distinctly remember a song called "Size of a Cow" by the uh, by the Wonder Stuff. Anybody else around here has heard it? And somebody must have had it on a tape, as they were as they were back in the day. So it seemed to be on on repeat all the way there and all and half the way back. <laughs> so whenever I hear that song, it takes me straight back to that minibus mm-hmm. um, on its way down to uh, on its way down to Wembley and back. I 
do remember we got down there really early, and, and I know it's I know it's a cliche, but the, the streets were full of blue and white. There, 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 there were there were very few Manchester United fans there, and we we must have got there at I don't know eleven o'clock late late morning. We, we set off dead dead early, yeah. and it were it were full of uh, it were full of Wednesdayites and barely any Manchester United. Yeah. What about you, Simon? What did you did you make a weekend of it? Or no, Sunday morning we we uh, we filled a fifty two seater bus, me and my dad, in five days. Right, so okay. all this, everybody that he worked with, everybody I worked with, and then people we knew, we filled it in five days. Fifty-two people from, you know, and we we all we all went down together as as you know friends, you know, who my dad knew or I knew or we both knew. You know, we had a cracking day out. You know, because you were telling me earlier, obviously you don't live in Sheffield, did you? Did you live in Sheffield no. then? No, I lived in work. I live in work. I'm from Workshop, so right, that's okay. obviously where, you know, most of the people that were on that bus, apart from a couple, were from Workshop, but like. Said it were we knew everybody were on that bus we knew you know what I mean there wasn't and it would it was just great it was just like going out for a day with all your mates and you know people you'd not seen for you know or you know spoke to for a couple of years you know like my dad's friends had not seen and all of a sudden you know we're, we're running this bus to Wembley and I think I think we left work at nine o'clock in the morning so we'd be like again in fact it might even been apes. We'd have been at Wembley no later than eleven o'clock. Do you know what I mean? And uh, same thing, just full of blow and white all over. You know, you didn't, you didn't have one of them uh, them flat caps, did you? No, no chance. No. <laughs> I tell you, going back to songs though, we had somebody on the bus went and actually bought the song. It's a praise for Sheffield Wednesday, and I think well, by the time we got home, I think that tape were absolutely done in it. it got <laughs> constant play, all. All the way there, all the way back. And, um... Just to go, you know, like 50, I mean, then 52 of your friends and, you know, family was just unbelievable. It was just a great day. Brilliant. You know, and all age groups, all right, right from young and right up to uh, OAPs, you know what I mean? So it was just a, just a fantastic day, you know, to spend with everybody, you know. Yeah. Now, I was looking into it as well. And you, Chris, you, you stayed at the, Italy, the, Ron Atkinson took you to the Oakley Court Hotel, didn't he, in Windsor? I think that's a hotel that he stays in quite, quite a lot. I was just looking. To stay there now, £550 a night it is <laughs> yeah. to, to, stay, to stay in that for one night of the weekend. So, well, there's one know. thing, there's, there's one thing, Wednesdays you won't be able to afford there at minute, would they? <laughs> <laughs> well, they do, but they do, but they don't pay it. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they, yeah. Now, uh, I mean, obviously, that's that's when he announced the squad, weren't it? When, um, yeah. when he was at that, at that hotel, I mean, that obviously, you were. You know, you you were first team first team goal and what have you. I'm, I'm sure you were thinking, I'm you know, I'm definitely gonna get you know named in in the, you know yeah. in, in the squad. But how did that make you feel? Because I mean, you, you you played at Wembley before, hadn't you? you played for Sunderland. Sunderland, yeah, five years yeah. before, 80, 85, 85. 
and then yes. and then you played in the Charity Shield as well for Man United, didn't you? When uh, and, and and yeah, I played there a couple of times in a little tournament as well. Um, no, it's it, it, um, you know it's always nervous when 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 um, when when the when, you know when it's coming around. So I mean, Ron never used to tell people when they weren't playing. He 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 just put his team up, um, and uh, you find out that you're not playing. So it's always a bit of trepidation, especially with this game coming up that um you know he, he might he might make a change i mean when i've been manager before and i was manager in my time that you know you you wake up the next morning and you think hmm, i think i'm going to go with this today and yeah. it's completely different from what you thought the night before or going into it uh, there's an old friend of mine used to say you go with your gut feeling and um so yeah obviously you, 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 you're wanting to play expecting to play at that particular time um, but until he tells you the team, you don't know whether you, you were playing or not, you know? Yeah, so it must have been a relief when, when you knew oh, that you yeah, were playing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but, you know, we, we we got an understanding himself in the back four at that particular time, which was good. Um, um, so, so you know, it was the right team on the right day for with, the, obviously, the right result. Are we going to win? Of course we're going to win. We're just going to raise the roof when we get to Wembley with our Atkinson's Barmy Army. Manchester United, I think it's all over. They're going to be quite surprised. We're going to scare We're going to scare Man United. We're going to go there and we're going to beat them. <laughs> just put the goals in and win it. Keep up the good work and Paul Williams, I like your legs. <laughs> but the cup's ours, there's no doubt on it. It's written on that turf. It's ours. It's our cup. We're proud to be Sheffield Wednesday supporters. I think I speak for a lot of people here. We're proud. And that cup's ours. We know it's ours. Ron's going to do it for us. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Simon, I just want to come to you. So on the on the day of the game, have you got any, like, nerves? Were you, were you nervous at all? Were you, like, you know, a bit a bit jittery and what have you? Uh, well, obviously, it's a big final, so you're, uh, you are going to be a bit stomachy, aren't you? But I always remember the morning we got up, me and my dad, and... Uh, Stood up, sat at breakfast, and I just said to him, I said, I'm going to win one nil today, Dad. And he went, That's funny you should say that. I said, Why? Because I think exactly the same. So, yeah. you know, uh, but you yeah, have a cheeky tenor on did you? Oh, no, <laughs> definitely not. Them, them big games, I mean, even now, even, you know, like other year when they played Brighton in the semi final at Hillsborough, I don't care if you, if you don't get jitters on them days, then there's something's wrong. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, if you, if you don't get Stomachy and jitters, and you know, go oh God, I can't wait. Not wait while it's over, but you know what's going to happen. If you don't, if you're not like that, then there's some, there's some, you know, there's something wrong that you you don't get like that. Yeah, were you saying, John? 
Yeah, very, very nervous for the final. As I said earlier, the, the semi, I'd, I'd got the feeling, feeling that they were going to win. The, the final, I hadn't. I was, I was very, very, very nervous mm. by that stage. I remember going in very, very early to the uh, to the to Wembley Stadium itself and, and trying to take in all the atmosphere. And it was a bit kind of eerie early on with it without too many people in. Um, so yeah, very, very nervous. A little bit, little bit scared, I suppose. Um, I'm not really sure if the game. Helped itself, and one one nil is often the uh, the worst score as a football fan. You tune your you tune your you tune your nails all all along, yeah. and a and a goal in the first half, so the remainder of the first half, and then a very very long second half. So so I think if I remember if I remember right, the the, the first half seemed to fly by, but then the second half mm. seemed to be an hundred years. Yeah. Oh, he's yeah. 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 <laughs> it never it you were like. 63, then you think, well, they've been playing 10 minutes, 65, and you'd like, oh, God <laughs> almighty, don't believe this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, obviously, Chris, you, you're coming up against a, a former, your former team. Um, what, what, What's going through your mind at that point? Obviously, I know, like, you, you know, you want to, obviously, of course, you want to win and everything, but you're thinking, like, I, I really want to, you know, I really want to win this game just to kind of show them that, you know, that I'm better than, I'm better than them kind of thing. Is that, is that what's going through your mind? Um, not whilst you're on the pitch, no, because you concentrate on the game. And, and like the guys said, uh, um, you know, the last five minutes turned like 15 minutes. Um, it must be difficult as well as, as a goalkeeper, because as, as much as you can influence the game, you can't, you're like, you know, you can't influence it well, a great deal, can you, really? You know, the team played uh, that well uh, defensively as a group that we limited Man United to very few chances. Um, but um, I yeah, saw so the, the, the first half was it weren't it wasn't a great game. Well, they're not great games cup finals generally because teams are usually cat and mouse or you know teams underperform on the day. You can say that from Manchester United's point of view because they went four days later and beat the great Barcelona. Um, did they, did they underestimate as well? I know Ferguson and, and Sir Alex wouldn't underestimate nobody. Nobody. He takes a, he took every game serious as that as that would have been um, a, ma- a major trophy for him in his early. Well, that would have been about his fifth or sixth year at, at Manchester. Um, but but no, from 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 our point of view, I thought it was a very accomplished performance. Yeah. Kept their starts, so-called star players quiet. And limited the chances down to probably only a hand, two or three. Yeah, you said you like star players. I when, I, you know, when I've been watching it back, they kept mentioning Lee Sharp. He was like the next best thing, weren't he? And uh, there, I think... he was an England player at the time, left hand side. And you know, I mean, Lee. Uh, I was there when Lee signed for the club from Torquay. Um, he 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 is um, and a very exciting talent. And then he he just grew and grew over a number of years. Uh, and yeah, I, think, I think Roland Nielsen emptied his pockets and little Lee Sharp yeah. fell out, didn't he? <laughs> well, you know, we had, we had Lee and John Tud doubling up at times and then Danny Wilson would drop in there and help Roland out. But he couldn't get past Roland. I mean, Roland was one of the best defenders I ever played with. Um, and on the day, people like him, you know, they came to the occasion and, and, and did a great job. Yeah. John, was he one of your favourites, were you? Roland Nielsen is one of my all-time favourite players. Yeah, absolutely top, top quality player. No, nobody seemed to get past him. Very stylish, very accomplished. 
um, in international standard. And, uh, as I said earlier, in, in, a, in a way, I was, I was surprised he stayed in that, in that Division Two team, but very, very glad he did. Although, of course, he was, he was out for a long while uh, before the before the oh, final. Yeah. He injured in the He'd done his two shifts, they said, I think. Yeah, in that, so, yeah, I think yeah. it was in that Millwall game they lost, actually, when they lost 4-2. Okay. I think he did it in that, and he'd not played a great deal of football up to that point, I don't think. No, not if Chris can a, remember that. It was a, I wouldn't say it's a gamble because of who it was, but it was uh, it was very underprepared in game time going, going into that final. But you see, Roland... Roland the train on a Friday, and then in the afternoon they go and do five mile run on Friday, and this is a a, a foreign uh, so called player who don't seemingly like to do the hard running in in football. Now if you said to if you said to an English player we're training Friday morning, and then in the afternoon we're going to do a five miler, they they complain the next day because mentally they'd be tired. Roland was completely the opposite. It gave him the impetus to go on the next day and really perform. It's pr- probably why he came probably why he came back, you know. Well he's he very did. fit. He was very fit, looked after himself. Look you know, you'd have to look at him as an athlete. Um and and like I said, one of the best defenders I ever played with. Yeah, what what were uh, Chris? What were Ron Atkinson's team talks like? Obviously, on the day and, and just in general as well throughout throughout. His well, time Ron's there. team talks were all the same. He, he, when I say all the same, he, he concentrate on the opposition, go through each player very quickly, or the back four, the midfield, the strikers. I mean, our play was, you know, I know it seems a bit uh, simplistic, was go out and play. He 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 signed players that could play football, can handle a ball. Pass the ball, um, obviously pace with uh, Paul Williams, David Hurst, great front two. You know, Danny Wilson came and Danny Danny was an experienced player at the later stages um, in, the, in the squad and and good, very good footballer. Knew the game, knew how to play the game. You know, Ron never, Ron wasn't a coach who got the lads out on the pitch and they'd be out there on the, like Howard was. Howard was a was a coach. Uh, uh, a tracksuit manager, coach. Ron was, uh, um, he, he put his kit on and, pl- and train every day with the, with the team. He joined in the 8 v 8 games. Um, but, he, but, he, but he selected players, he selected players to play in positions that could play those positions. If you were a centre-half, you defended your box and you tried to score in the opposition's box. Um, and, and the lads loved him. And, and you know, um, it, it, it was just a lot, the whole spirit of the team, and you know, and, and I'm not going to go on to today's events, but he managed the football club, he managed the chairman, he managed the directors, and he managed the players. And um, what he said when who he wanted to bring in, he brought in who he didn't want or he thought was time to go, he moved him out. And and he yeah. uh, was he was a players' man, but you knew who the manager was. And his team talks were very precise. He never, ever spoke about the opposition's goalkeepers, whoever we played, whether it was at Man United or Sheffield Wednesday. Um, he just went through the outfield players every game and then just said to us, we know what we need to do, go out there and do it. Brilliant. Now, so Simon, can you, can you remember where you were sat then at, uh, at Wembley? So yeah, when, you watch, um, when, you, when you watch it on the telly, you, yeah. we're, we're shooting towards the right. In the first yep. half, so where, whereabouts were you? Were you sat behind in? that goal, second tier, 
probably halfway between the goal and the corner flag, halfway up, like on the second tier. So at the time, Wembley had sort of like two tiers. You've got the front tiers with the seats with no backs on, and then the seats further up. We were in the top tier, and it was like sort of like halfway between the goal and the corner flag. Do you know what I mean? So we had, we had a di- we had quite a decent view, to be fair. Okay. Well, what about you, John? Imagine where the royal boxes, where the trophies uh, trophies came. We were roughly at the same height as that, and about two thirds of the way around towards the goal. So um, got, got a good view of the goal, got a good view of the um, of the handing over the trophy and all the um, all the celebrations afterwards. Not so good a view of other bits of the game, um, but the main bit, the main bits were uh, were spot on. And it were absolutely packed to the rafters as well, weren't it? Yeah, yeah, ridiculously. Yeah, I mean, I, I watch it. I, there's a clip and um, where you're all on the all on the bus going into the going into the ground, Chris, and uh, and I think I think the bus is going down Wembley Way, and you, you can hear people on the bus shouting like, "Bloody hell, look at look at them all!" And and they were like, all the Wednesday fans just absolutely lining, uh, lining. It must have been good to see that, you know, as you're going as you're going down, and all you know, all the fans there, you know. Well, I mean, it was on. great for us because run a run a but. Uh... Stan Bowman on the bus. So Stan was Stan was with the players from breakfast. So was he a comedian? Kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Liverpool uh, Scouts comedian. You need to go on YouTube and, and listen to him. He's absolutely top draw. Yeah! Then the ride to the stadium that no one on board the bus will ever forget. Yeah. Fellow in the pet shop, he said, uh, have you got a wasp? He said, a wasp, you damn <laughs> We don't sell wasps. We sell budgie guys, canaries and hamsters. He said, we don't sell friggin' wasps. He said there was one in the wind yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Irish fella cut a hole in the ice. And he's fishing. This Irish fella, he's cut a hole in the ice. And he's fishing. He's been there for about four hours. His nose is red, his scarf's hard. Scarf's hard. <laughs> and here's a voice. You won't catch any fish in there. He said, are you God? He said, no. I'm the manager of the ice ring. <laughs> Actually, there's a curfew in Poland. And uh, so if you're not in the house by six o'clock, they shoot you. And this Russian soldier saw this pole about half past five. He went, shot him. The sergeant said, what are you shooting him for? It's only half past five. You're not supposed to shoot him until six o'clock. He said, I know where he lives. He'd have never have made it. <laughs> on the bus went all the way to Wembley then obviously you get to Wembley and as the guys have said it was all blue and white and and you know you felt that you you know you felt um uh, strong and and the togetherness on the bus for the supporters that were there on the day and you know in football uh, those days are rare um big occasions big crowds big support uh, the expectations were on the other team we knew that but we were confident we could win on the day. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know the, the, the game starts. Like I've already said, it were it weren't a, a spectacle that uh, the first you know half an hour, half an hour or so. But then we get to the we get to that goal. Obviously, thirty six minutes. John John Sheridan. Everyone knows it as the as the dink. But I'm guessing uh, you know from, from people I spoke to when you were there, it didn't quite sound the same when it when you when you're in the in in the ground. But I mean. When you see it, what a, what a goal! What a goal it was! I mean, to score a goal like that in a in a, in a final. I mean, obviously the ball the ball's down the right hand side. I mean, John John, do you want to just explain the the goal? I'm sure you can't, you know, you've not forgotten. The, the 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 free kick comes over. It's 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 headed back out, 
And and Sherry Jin just wallops it. And he catches, it's one of them, he just catches just right. Keeper gets a glove on it, till he gets a, gets a hand to it, which knocks it onto the uh, the inside of the post. And in, and, and mayhem in the in the crowd. Absolute, absolute mayhem in the, in the crowd at that time. Wilson just touching it on for Nielsen. And now it's Lee Sharp's turn to get back and do some defending. And Sheffield Wednesday with a throw. Yes, Big Ron won the FA Cup twice and was in a League Cup final once when he was manager of United. I don't think they were either ever out of the top six either. Were well, they? I think uh, they finished third one season, Jimmy, but they were never out of the top eight top in, eight, in all yeah. of uh, Ron's time there. It's not a bad record, is it? It's a free kick now to Sheffield Wednesday. They've brought Shirtley forward as well as Pearson, and Pearson has certainly scored some important goals this season. He's uh, on 12, there's Shirtley. Now, what we might well find is uh, Worthington ducking over it, and, or rather, playing it down the byline for Hearts, who might well make a little run down that right-hand side. There he goes, there goes Hearts. Now, will Worthington play it? No, he plays the long one this time. A terrific goal by Shannon. A terrific goal for Sheffield Wednesday. That really rattled off the post and into the back of the net beyond Les Seeley. And the second division side go into the lead here at Wembley. John Sheridan. Rifling shot it was. A oh, free it kick was. by Worthington. Super goal. And off the post, Seeley made almost an exceptional save, but could only push it onto the post. And Wednesday are in the lead. Yeah, it's a well-worked free kick. Everybody was in there. Pallister had couldn't do anything else except what he did. And Les Seeley nearly saved it. it was a great shot though. Ince. Thing. I remember that uh, coming up in more recent in more recent times of people perhaps having watched the TV uh, the TV replays. Um, but yeah, one of one of my favourite ever ever moments. End up two or three rows further forward from where I started. You know, <laughs> random strangers, all, all that business. It's uh, absolute absolute mayhem. And then uh, yeah, nearly an hour of chewing my fingernails until the uh, till the final whistle. <laughs> yeah, did you did you end up a few seats forward as well, Simon? Oh God, yeah, defo. <laughs> <laughs> We had a shatter and uh, I think my dad did a null at some point as well. It's, it's an amazing feeling, isn't it? I mean, obviously, I've never, I've never witnessed a goal at uh, at Wembley. Obviously, definitely not the old, the old Wembley. But uh, just that, you know, in, in, a, in a game such as such as that, any game of such magnitude, when you when you score a goal, a bit like a 90th minute goal, isn't it? And you just go absolutely mental. And I think it's just just touching on like recent events, it's something that we've. Knowing, you know, having no fans in the grounds, I know fans are going back now, but uh, it's something that we've missed. I mean, to be fair, we wouldn't have been cheering that much, would we, last last season? with <laughs> too many goals, but uh, but yeah, that that feeling when you just, you know, when you just you can't explain it, can you? Really, it's it's just it's just amazing. I mean, you've already touched on it as well. Um, after that goal, it just seemed, you know, you said it just seemed to go forever, didn't it? No, the clock never seemed to move for ages and ages and ages, and obviously we've got that man there to thank for that wicked save again. I think Brian McClare's header, Chris? 
That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He added it, you all saved it. It's the sort of save that you make, I wouldn't say every week in, in training, but a lot of the time through your career, uh, you make saves like that on the training ground um, for it to actually happen in the game, how it was and how it ended, um, was, un was unbelievable. Um, you know, when, when we scored, you, you, the first thought that goes through your mind is, if we don't concede today, we've won a massive game. And uh, every time they had a corner, every time that they, they, you know, they'd had an attack and it looked as though they're going to get a bit of a pressure, you know, all the lads were geeing each other up and, and you know, these aren't going to get a goal today. These, you know, we've got to defend the set play. Usually when you make a save like that, well, not usually, but it can happen when you make a save like that, it goes for the corner kick. People are get, lose a little bit of concentration, free head above goal, and it's 1-1. But, you know, on the day, everybody played the part and we were determined that they weren't going to score. Yeah. I mean, one thing that struck out to me when, I, when I've been watching it is uh, the game's changed somewhat, I would say, in the, in, the last, no, but... uh, in the last 30 years. I mean, there's what, I think it's about 10 minutes in, there's a challenge. I think Nigel Worthington puts a challenge on, uh, on Dennis Irwin on the halfway line. Footed challenge there from Worthington, and yeah. it's a free and it's a free kick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you think like nowadays it would have been off. It would have been yeah. straight red. That would it. He'd be he'd be going. He'd be walking. And Shirtliff, this was gone. I think yeah, it's quite right. It was a rather dangerous-looking two-footed challenge there by Nigel Worthington a moment ago on uh, Dennis Irwin. And a free kick to Manchester United. Then, weren't it? Well, yeah, it was. I mean, the the um, uh, football has changed over the years, and I don't think I don't think for the better um, in terms of um, the players rolling all over the place. And as soon as you get a little touch, and they're going down, and the penalty kicks, etc. In, in in those days when you were a striker and prior to those days, 20 years prior to that day, strikers used to come off with the Achilles and the calves all, all red and bruised from, from challenges from players. I mean, it needed to move from that, but to where we are today, it's becoming a no-contact sport. Yeah. And in that game, I mean, you, you know, every, uh, every game that I played, especially... Certainly when my first spell at Wednesday in the 70s, 77, 78 days, um, I was a young a young goalkeeper then. In those days, every corner kick, first corner kick came, you'd, you'd predominantly be smashed into the back of the net or, or a challenge. <laughs> or if you're diving at the feet of the striker, he wouldn't stop in them days. They just went straight through you. Um, you know, today's goalkeeping, compared to when I first started, is a million miles away. Yeah. It's a lot, lot, lot easier now to play in goals than it was when I first started in 77 <clears> because <throat> physical contact was expected and you yeah. got it. And you had the Sanko swam as a keeper, as a player. Uh, as you said, Nigel Worthington, two-footed somebody. You know, used to say, managers used to say, you know, if we're playing against um, a, a flying winger, put him on the track, first tackle. You'll always get away with the first tackle. Make sure it's strong and hard. 
And then, I just about to say, was that was that something that Ron Atkinson like? Can you remember if that was something he told you to do or not? You yeah. know, if you're playing against a wide player that's quick and tricky and can go past you, then then the first tackle used to take him out, and used to say, "Listen, if you come in again, you'll get some more." And then second time, then 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 will probably become the yeller. But by that time, the wing is thinking, "I think I'll go on the other wing. I might get a better <laughs> chance on the other side." But that's how football was in them days. Today's day, there's no tackling. There's no there's no aggression in terms of uh, physical contact, and it and it's becoming a non-contact game. Only for that uh, for that one nil win in that second half that, like like you said, Simon and John, that took absolutely absolutely forever. I mean, what were the what were the celebrations like at the you know, when the final whistle went? I'll come to you, Simon, first. <sighs> I think I think for a lot of people, um, I'd, I'd followed Wednesday since Division Three days when, <laughs> and I think it were, it were it were like we've actually made it. So they've gone from watching them again, like again games like Shrewsbury at home, and I think a lot of people on on that end that day had, had, had been on that journey with them from from Division Three day, days right through to twenty, you know, April. 91 and I think a lot of people it, it, it lifted a lot of a lot of people that had gone through bad times bad times you know I mean obviously I would I would Wilkinson took over as manager and we had we had a couple of good seasons three or four good seasons with Howard but I think a lot of people just thought to myself wow we've actually made it we're gonna you know where we're we gonna go from here you know and that, that that's the gist I got with it yeah and what about you John Whistle. I remember more of relief than the kind of mayhem when the goal when the goal went in. Um, I've got a, a very very vivid memory of, of near the end of the game. Laurie Madden, who was a who was a defender, yeah. somehow ended up out on the wing and he, he kind of belted the ball down down towards the corner flag and kind of to, to waste away another few seconds towards the end. And soon afterwards, the uh, the final whistle finally went, and it, yeah, it felt it felt more kind of relief than that kind of real ecstatic mayhem of the, of the goal. Um, I remember the bigger cheers seemed to come with the with the lifting of the of the trophy when that uh, when that happened over long over many minutes afterwards that that took. I remember that being another big, big moment where everybody going kind of really, really mental and hugging one another. Yeah. And what, and what about you, Chris? I mean it must have been just like I don't, well, I don't know, was it a sense of relief? Was it a sense of like, oh, very joy? Much so. Very much so because I mean a lot have been have been um, spoken of because I was ex-Manchester United player. Um, we'd been relegated the season before. We're a League Two club. Um, we're winning. There's five minutes to go. I remember Laurie picking that ball up and going past one, taking on two, shoving it down the line. And you think, where's Laurie going here? But obviously, just to kill the time. And then when the whistle went, it was such a great relief that. You know, we, 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 we've achieved something. And, and you know, as a player, um, you know, you, you play to win. You play to be successful. And, I mean, I wasn't just a player. I was a supporter of, 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 of the team I'm playing for. Um, so it was, uh, you know, for me personally, it was, was, a, it was an unbelievable dream, really, to play for my club at, at, at Wembley and win against 
the greatest club in in the world or whatever one of them um was 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 untrue really untrue yeah. i mean what were the obviously after the game what were the celebrations like how how did you how did you celebrate well we just got hammered for about 3 days <laughs> um, the, the, the you know i mean once again we have players who didn't play Carlton Palmer Gordon Watson for instance were two great characters funny and got everybody going for the game after the game Paul Carrick's band played at our hotel um it was a great night and a great couple of days afterwards and then a, uh, you know then we had to get heads down again to complete the job of getting promoted yeah I mean uh, can you remember John how you uh, celebrated after is it uh... Obviously, you were on the 16 at the time, weren't you? But yeah, I might have had one or two on the uh, on the coach back. <laughs> I think I think the rule on the coach was supposedly no alcohol, but that, that was broken once or twice on the way back to Gouye. Oh, I can I can imagine. I mean, it must have been an amazing coach journey back. Obviously, I, I can only go back to. I know it wasn't in the in the cup final, but obviously the playoffs when we uh, you know absolute heartbreak and that journey back was quite frankly terrible but um but it must have been amazing you know just you must have been on such a high like oh, you know going back and, and the motorway again full full of full of other coaches and cars Wednesday flags flying you know just, just beeping beeping their arms yeah just just a just a brilliant atmosphere all, all the way back we stopped at one of the services um I can't remember the Leicester one maybe half, halfway back up and and um, you know again absolutely rammed a Wednesday night so whatever time of night that was everybody's still singing and dancing and cheering yeah absolutely brilliant is that the same view as all, Simon? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, I think we obviously from work, so we went down A1, so, and that was just the same. And I think we, we had an hour in Stamford. I mean, obviously, same thing. There weren't no beer on buses, but I think, I think some appeared from somewhere, you know, <laughs> but we actually, we actually had an hour in Stamford. My dad, my, dad always, my dad says, right, we'll have an hour, lads. And I think he probably uh, had a couple, we had a couple of hours in Stamford, you know what I mean? And then obviously, bus back to work so probably got back to work about 11 o'clock at night do you know what I mean so but yeah it was, it was brilliant you know you know just the atmosphere everything about the day you, you cannot fault you know as a final as you know it's going to a final from start to finish and you know and you can't fault it at yeah. all you know it was just it was just an unbelievable experience that you know hopefully the club one day will, will repeat you know touch wood into Oldeply, but Seed is there. Four minutes of time, and Sheffield Wednesday are the winners. Ron Atkinson, who lost his job at Manchester United, has returned to Wembley and faced United and beaten them. The second division side, the heroes of the day. There's the man of the match, the captain of Sheffield Wednesday, Nigel Pearson. Roland Nielsen, who'd done such a fantastic job on Lee Sharp, the Swede. His world-class save, Chris Turner, when it really mattered for Sheffield Wednesday, from that header by Brian McClare, a former Manchester United player himself. Ron, Ron, congratulations. Is that the best cup final for you in view of the fact it was a second division team? Um, it's just... Was it the best cup final? Uh, I honestly don't know. All I know is... You're, you're we don't think we're a second division team. I know we are, and you'll tell me that. But we don't think we are. We think we're. We think in the big matches we're good. We're a good side, and we've done it today. I mean, we haven't looked out of our depth today, have we? No, but it was a very tense finish, and United came very strong at the end there. Yes, just before we had three clear-cut chances. Do you agree with the man of the match, Pearson? Pearson's, he's had a magnificent season. 
he's, a, he's an example now for every player in football. I mean, he's come up the hard way. He's captained the team at uh, Wembley. He's had a great season, but I think there was a lot of good players today for us. A lot. We said we were going to come and not be rushed and try and play, keep the ball and pass the ball around, and we've tried to do that. A lot has been made of the fact that you weren't looking for something over United in view of past history, is that true? I suppose, bearing in mind what, what a great club they are, that's a marvellous, marvellous achievement for the club. But no, we were looking to do well. We were hopeless on Wednesday at Newcastle. We just wanted to make sure we did it right today. Looking from United's point of view, would you agree they were very disappointing today? I think they played against a good side today. Good goal that decided it, wasn't it? That. Super goal, and there were two or three other good situations. I want to go and see the troops. Right. Okay. Thank you. And here comes Sheffield Wednesday. Led by Nigel Pearson, the man of the match, and their captain. They waited a long time for this. 56 years since they were winners here. Ronnie Starling lifted the cup in 1935. Nigel Pearson will lift it in 1991. They were here in 1966, but they lost. Today has made up for an awful lot of that. And maybe, you never know, this could just be the springboard of even better things now for Sheffield Wednesday. Great winners of the Rumbelows final, Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, did um, does it go down as your best, like best memory of, of Sheffield Wednesday or not? Is it another one? It's in it's yeah, put yeah. I have got quite a lot, but yeah, I would say it's in it's in the top five without a shadow of doubt. Because obviously, I went seventy nine Boxing Day. Uh, I went to the semi final against Sheffield United. So there's three there straight away that you know, <laughs> all, in my eyes, all compete in the same same light. But I think. As for winning a trophy, it would have to be number one, to be fair. Yeah. And what about you, John? Would you say the same? Equally, I'm a little bit too young for the Boxing Day uh, Boxing Day game, but certainly in my top, in my top few, uh, there's 93 semi, that one. Uh, Cardiff in 2005 was absolutely tremendous, but I, I always have the feeling that Wednesday shouldn't have been in League One in the first place. But the day itself and gaining promotion through the playoffs was a, was a, was a fantastic one. Uh, and then various games at Hillsborough, European Knights, the Brighton semi, others... But as, uh, as Simon says, actually winning a trophy, that's the only time I've seen it. And um, it was uh, it was fantastic, yeah. Yeah, well, and Chris, just you know, obviously to, to win, at, win at Wembley, like, like you said at the, at the start of the uh, start of the show, you, you said that uh, it's everyone's dream to play at Wembley. Um, you know, to, to do it, obviously you did it three three times, but to actually, you know, lift that trophy up, it must have been, I wouldn't say a dream come true. I mean, you know, maybe it was a dream come true, but, you know, it was like a massive achievement, weren't it, in your playing career? Oh, uh, you know, unbelievable. Um, you, you you work every day, you train every day, you, 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 you know, you try to perform to your best every game. Um, you want to play in the big games, you want to get on the big stage, and that's, 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 that then and still is today the biggest stage in this country to play on, um, and 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 you know to win. I mean, you couldn't write the script, really. Mm. If you're a Wednesday fan, if you're a Wednesday player, I was both. Um, it, it was just, you know, it, it it's 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 like 
you know, doing this program today, but this is 30 years ago. This is five minutes ago for me. Yeah. This game that day, that team, those players, you know, um, is and, and until the day I die, even when I'm old and I'm sitting in my chair, I can look at the program, can look at the pictures, can look at that, and it'll bring me back to one of the best days, obviously, in my playing career. Have you st- have you still got the shirt, Chris? I've still got the shirt. It's in a frame, um, which I've had obviously since since the um, since the final. I'll give one or two away things to people um, uh, from, from, from the occasion. I've still got the medal, obviously. Um, and, and, and the memories, I always say you can't buy memories. And the memories of the day, the memories of that squad, the memories of, of, the, um, of that season. And, um, you know, I know the days are dark today, um, but they've been darker in my time. They've been darker in the 70s. Um, there's always been disappointing periods. And the wonderful thing about football is that teams and clubs and players and managers and everything else can bounce back. And I'm sure the club will bounce back. When? I don't know. But they, they, they will return. They will yeah. return. Brilliant. Now, just before we, just before we wrap up, um, Simon and John, have you got any, uh, any questions that you want to put forward to, to Chris? I'll tell you, I'll make a comment about about the game, um, the '91 game. Um, we were talking about the game being different. I, I would, I noticed watching it back, maybe 12 months ago when they put it on the club. I think put it on during lockdown. Uh, the back pass rule, what I'm talking about. And I remember, I remember watching it back and thinking it's a long time since that changed. How, how would you, how would you have found it nowadays, Chris? I mean, having to having to kick the ball every time. Well, I, I used to prefer to play outfield than in goal, so. I I I I feel um, I, I feel confident of it. I didn't when it because I played at the very first start of it of when it first was introduced, and it was strange, you know, back passes coming in, you could, couldn't pick it up. Uh, in them days, in the early days of it, players were not um, they didn't think about it as much as what they do today, and the goalkeepers today. I've got to use the feet, obviously, a lot, lot more. Um, and as I say, I used to like playing out and I wanted to be an outfield player. So, you know, if I was playing today, I think I'd be, I think I'd be comfortable with a ball at my feet and be able to play. I think it, I didn't, I didn't think it would speed the game up, but I think it has sped the game up. And I think it brings goalkeeping in, uh, into more, Overall, as a footballer, rather than just labelled label as a keeper or a goalkeeper. Yeah, I must admit, when I was watching it back, and the first time, first time the ball gets passed back, and you pick it up, I'm thinking, "What is he, what what is he doing?" doing? <laughs> 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 let me just say, let me just my say, time, my time watching following football, watching football, that, that, the back pass rule's always been in there. So for you to pick it up, I'm thinking, <laughs> you know what I mean? Been, what's what's all this about? It's in those days when when especially in the early days of my career, um, you didn't wear gloves um, or you wore, there were, there were goalkeeper gloves, but they were not like what you've got today. Um, yeah. So when the ball, when you got the first touch of the ball and if you had the gloves on that couldn't grip the ball, <laughs> you were under pressure then because you're thinking, how am I going to catch this ball this afternoon? Well, the Where balls weren't it? like they are now, are they? Either the balls are a lot lighter, aren't they? Yeah, but 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 the gloves now, or over the last thirty years, um, 
35 years of, of now LaTeX. They went into LaTeX and all that. So they do grip the ball. But you needed an early touch in the game as a keeper to see whether the gloves were good, whether, you know, had a feeling of it all. And sometimes you got a bad feeling on the first touch of the ball and you're thinking, these gloves aren't going to be good enough for me today. You weren't, you weren't taking them off, you weren't you know, slinging them Well, no, you probably tried with another, another set of gloves that you, that you had at the time. I mean, I used to get my, I remember Peter Fox, um, you might not, well, you won't remember him, but Peter was about a year older than me. And uh, Peter said to me, he says, hey, get yourself down to Woolies on Hillsborough. used to be on Hillsborough. They got these gloves in cotton gloves, thick cotton gloves. He says, these are fantastic. So I went with green, green gloves with, with a little bit of table tennis on them and then took woolly specials that you wore in them days. Peter Fox and I used to wear. And then they came into the German gloves and then obviously they've gone on to be tremendous and expensive items now for young kids to wear. Brilliant. Simon, have you got, have you got a question for Chris? Yeah. Um, obviously, you played quite a few games for Owls and some brilliant performances, but that, what would you rank as your best performance in the goal for the Wednesday? Mm. Got him on that one. Can I, <laughs> uh, can I, can I put my forward mine? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was the 2-2 two, two or the 3-3 three, three at Leicester against Arsenal. Oh, yeah, cracking games. Cracking games. Yeah. 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 I would say that, um, my opinion, because I, mean, I went with my dad, and I think, yeah, I, think yeah. it, I, I don't know if, did you save the penalty in the 2-2? Two, two? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that yeah. you had you had a proper what you call it uh, as this, as the, the phrase goes, you stunk a leather that night when you come off the ground. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I mean, you know, it's hard because I, I go right back to seventy six, seventy seven, a bit of seventy eight. Um, you know, uh, playing. I remember playing away at Wrexham Racecourse Ground. Wrexham were a good side in the old third in the third division days. We won there two one. And saved the penalty that day from Arthur Griffiths, who was a top Welsh international player. Um, but I mean, you know, over over the seasons, over the time, you have good and you have in different times and 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 and, and great times. And fortunately, the uh, that season at Wednesday was 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 a tremendous time. Thank you for uh, for all coming on. It's been a, it's been a pleasure to uh, reminisce that that season and that game in in particular. You know uh, that that League Cup final. Um, I just wish I was there myself to be uh, to be perfectly honest. And hopefully we get hopefully you know doesn't take too long for us to for us to get back there back there again. Um, but yeah, do, I do you know thank you thank you everyone for uh, for coming on. Okay, thanks James. Thanks guys. Yes. Thanks for listening. Uh, we really do appreciate it. We see it each week, but we really, really do. Uh, if you have enjoyed this podcast, then make sure you leave us a rating or a review. It only takes two minutes, but helps us get us new listeners. Tell your family, tell your friends, get them all on board. Uh, we've got some exciting new ideas for next next season. Uh, and make sure you check out patreon.com forward slash WTID pod uh, and become a member of the podcast. Uh, signing up will really help with the costs of the podcast. Uh, help us buy some new recording equipment that we keep talking about uh, and help us going uh, ultimately uh, top tip for you all as of august all the player interviews will be patreon only so make sure that you listen to all of them uh, before they do uh, go uh, member only uh, again thank you very much for listening and we'll see you all again next week
basically, we're after the semi quarter final at Coventry. We come out of the ground and obviously we're 10 o'clock, so we ain't going to get back for closing time, right? So we get some, we maybe dad had run this many bus, I think 12 seater. And anyway, we pulls out of Coventry and we'd, we're going down M, not M42, other one out of Coventry, M69. M69, we pulls off and anyway, first thing we get to is this, this bar, well, it's a bar flashing lights or everything like that. So we, anyway, we pulls up, anyway, one of the lads went off, come back. And they went, right, they said we can go in. It says it's 11 o'clock shutting. Anyway, they were like three or four on bus that moaned and groaned and everything like that. Oh, we want to go on. You know, we're on dates next morning. He says, but I've got one thing to tell you. He says, what's that? He says, topless barmaid. You've never seen a bus empty in all your life so quick in my life. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Brilliant. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.